Hello, and welcome to People to Panic With, a podcast about contemporary paganism and witchcraft. Your hosts for this episode are Olive, Rana, and Eden. Join us as we talk about being pagans and witches online. introduce ourselves uh talk a little bit about our practices because this is a podcast not just about modern paganism and witchcraft but it is also from pagans and witches um hell yeah living in these contemporary times so olive do you want to tell us a little bit about you and your practice kind of how you got started and maybe what it looks like now Sure. Um, so hello, I'm Olive. Um, my practice is definitely more focused on paganism than witchcraft, but I've dabbled in witchcraft for a few years too. Um, I'm a Roman polytheist and I've been that for a little over a year, like a year and a half-ish, I think. I don't know. Um, but yeah, my pre-pagan religious background was atheism. I grew up in a very like anti-religious household so it wasn't just secular it was actually like religion sucks that kind of household um but then a few years ago i kind of stumbled upon paganism i started with wicca and then i kind of moved on from that after about a year or so and yeah i've been doing roman stuff for a while so yeah that's about it for me sweet that's really interesting um coming from an anti-religious background we don't Mm -hmm. like I don't really hear that a lot um yeah interesting it is definitely different um I'm Rana and I am pagan and also consider myself a witch um goodness I started some 20 odd years ago when I was a preteen or well just outside of preteenhood Um, I came into this through Wicca as well, uh, but unlike Olive, it took me a hell of a lot longer to figure out that Wicca was not for me. Um, and today's episode will actually explain that, so that's great. Um, <laughs> nice, nice teaser. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, I am... Let's see, I, I guess I'm comedic-ish. I'm more eclectic with a comedic leaning I guess. Um, and, and I keep my paganism and my witchcraft separate. Uh, as far as my background, uh, I was born quote unquote Catholic, um, and then kind of raised in and out of a bunch of churches. Uh, but it was never like a huge deal in our house, you know? Um, and I just kind of, found my way over to this side of things over to the dark side yeah Yeah. (laughs) once you leave wicca where else is there to go (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so i guess it's my turn Um, (laughs) i've been identifying as a witch for around five years now um I actually, unlike Rana and Olive, didn't start out with Wicca. 
Um, pretty much since I started, I was interested in chaos magic. Now, I didn't fully understand what that was. Um, I didn't have a, like a really big grasp of it when I first started. So I guess technically I started um, more in line with eclecticism. I'm just kind of feeling things out. After feeling things out for a little bit, I just decided to go full chaos. Um, I don't identify as a pagan. I identify as a pantheist. And um, as a chaos magician, I just do work with deity sometimes. Um, <laughs> that's kind of just how it goes. So um, in terms of before I identified as a witch, I wasn't really religious. My family wasn't really religious either. There was like kind of that loose um, Christianity that we get in pretty much all of America, I feel like. Um, you just default mm -hmm. to Christian. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it was never something that was really pushed on me. So I've just been sort of agnostic until I found witchcraft and spirituality. So, yeah. That's interesting that you didn't start with Wicca. Um, <laughs> did you, how did you find chaos magic? Like, how did that happen? Yeah, um, I found Kellyanne Maddox on YouTube. I was just generally oh, looking. She's so she's fucking awesome. intelligent. She's mm -hmm. so cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I was just, I think the first thing that I saw, like, witchcraft is real, um, was actually Tumblr or Witchblur. <laughs> um, and then I just started looking up YouTube videos and I found Molly Roberts and Kellyanne Maddox first. And then I saw that Kellyanne Maddox was talking about chaos magic. And I was like, that sounds awesome. And it just, I got lucky enough for that to just be what clicked, you know, kind of right off the bat. And, but I'm still, you know, pretty new. I would consider myself, you know, oh, so same here. that could change in the future, you know? Yeah. I don't think that that ever truly goes away. Cause I mean, I've been running down this path for 20 plus years and I still feel very new in certain respects. Yeah. It's definitely a lifelong um, path. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I still feel super new. It's been like less than four years for me since I started anything religious. So yeah, I'm a baby. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that's a little bit about us and our practices. Anybody have anything else they want to add? Anything like fun you're working on right now? Or is that like, are you, do you tend to be more private with your personal practice? Uh, I'm pretty private with the people in my life, at least. Like, my real life, like my family <laughs> and my real life friends. Um, just because, like, I don't know, it's just something that's personal to me. I know people talk about, like, the broom closet all the time. And I don't necessarily feel like I'm in the broom closet because I do have... Um, well, first of all, I'm not a witch, so I don't use a broom. <laughs> and second of all... Um, like, I have my shrine out and stuff, and, like, I have lots of books about, like, paganism and Rome and stuff, just, like, everywhere in my room and, like, around my house and stuff, and just nobody really says anything. <laughs> That's kind of the dynamic of what's going on in my house. So, yeah, like, I'm not necessarily, like, keeping it a secret, but, uh, you know, I'm not, like, 
I don't like talk to it at, at like family dinner or anything either. So right. that's that's it for me. I, I love that. Yeah, that's that's actually pretty. I mean, it's nice that you have that kind of leeway. You're not in the broom closet, but you don't have to discuss it with anyone if you don't want to. I have too many people in my house not to, so I have to like <laughs> leave notes on my door, like I'm doing something right now. Don't come hmm. in, kind of thing. Um, but no, I'm, I'm not very private either. I don't think I um, I don't I don't consider myself in the broom closet either. And I think that since joining an online community, I've become more open with other pagans and witches. It's nice to have someone that I can discuss these things with who actually understands what the hell I'm talking about. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. It's nice to have people to panic with. Yes. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I'm, um, I'm not very private about what I do um like I'm not hiding the fact that I'm into witchy stuff and magic but I'm also not really shouting it from the rooftops kind of like Olive um it's just kind of like all of my books are on my bookshelf and like people have seen my altar um and you know you can ask questions if you want I may or may not you know my answer might be more or less vague depending on who's asking Mm -hmm. um but um, yeah, like you said, I really enjoy having a space online to talk to people because, you know, sometimes things come up where you want to have a sense of community and like have people to ask questions to who actually, you know, know what you're talking about. Um, and yeah, so right now I'm definitely in a... Um, you know, one of those situations where I would, where I do want to talk to more people online because I'm starting to explore um, something that I'm not so comfortable with. So, you know, being kind of diving into something new. Yeah. It's really good to have people to bounce off of. For sure. Especially like, um, I mean, especially during this era of COVID, um, most of us can't really get out in the real world and talk to people. Not that everybody wants to do that anyway. Um, <laughs> but it's good to have like that online space to just be able to chill with like-minded people, talk about paganism and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. I like that having found these, having found an online space that you can find people within that space that you can talk to outside of that space. I just said space a bunch of times, but (laughs) it's one thing to like talk in a group, but it is nice sometimes to just have one-on-ones with people. So. Yeah. Things can get kind of like hectic. And if you're in like a chat room or something, yeah, especially if uh, the people running the chat room are swayed in a particular way. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, definitely. When you encounter like really strong opinions online, especially because there's that filter of the screen being there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's why it's good for us to do the voice things because then we can uh, hear how each other, how we're saying things and stuff like that, where you can't really do that in like chat room. 
Yeah. I mean, typing is okay, but yeah, you can't really get tone. And one thing that I have noticed um, amongst the witchy and pagan community is that a lot of us have (laughs) mental health issues, um, anxiety and depression being amongst the the top so sometimes if you're just reading a bunch of text you know your anxiety can get the better of you and so maybe the tone isn't bad but that's what you're seeing mm-hmm. yeah sure. it can be tricky. and it's definitely harder to take a like shitty tone with somebody um <laughs> you know over voice or it's you know, it's like, even if you feel really strongly in your opinion in an online forum, it's going to come off differently in yep. text than if you were to state that same strong opinion, you know, over voice. I feel like it's harder to, um, I don't know, to come off like a dick when you're like, actually, you know, when you're, <laughs> it's like, say it to my face, but not yeah. <laughs> not really. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess that touches on um, what we're going to talk about today a lot. We're already kind of in it, but um, this episode is going to be centered on paganism and witchcraft in online spaces specifically, Um, because we have quite a bit of experience with that um, as modern practitioners. What has your experience been like in the online pagan world? I guess um, you two are both pagan. Do you find, but have also done witchcraft and Rana, you still do. Um, do you find a difference between the two worlds online, like paganism versus witchcraft online? Is one of them like a little bit easier to navigate? Or, hmm. um, I, I'm sorry, this question was not on the list, but I'm curious. <laughs> that's okay, it's, that's a good question. I never really thought of that, but thinking about it now, I feel like the witchy space might be a little easier to navigate. Um, just cause like witchcraft is so personal, not that paganism isn't, but there are lots of people who take, can like take charge a lot in pagan spaces and say like, you need to do things right and stuff. So, but witchcraft is kind of like, I know there's always going to be those people who are like very gatekeepy about witchcraft, but I feel like, um, at least in the communities that I've been in regarding witchcraft, everybody's very open these days about um like magic can be anything you want and it's all about your intention and you don't need blah 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 and stuff like that um but i find a lot in pagan spaces at least in certain spaces that um you get a mixed bag of people who say you have to do things in a certain way and then people who say uh like the complete opposite and then there's a lot of arguing and it's exhausting. <laughs> so I think yeah. with witchcraft, witchcraft is a little bit more fluid and definitely more of a, a melting pot. And so with the exception of uh, a few specific practices, it's pretty much open. It's like this huge, you know, library of things that you can just roam up and down the aisles pulling books here and there, right? And just taking a page from here or taking a page from there kind of makes it matching. And then people... Um, are a little bit more open to to that kind of interaction within you know someone's magical practice, um, and and there's a lot of younger people in there. I I don't know if that's a plus or not, but it does leave you. <laughs> <laughs> it does leave it more open to it being more open. 
um, with this younger generation of, of witches. With paganism, there are, I mean, sure, if you're like eclectic, right? But even within an eclectic space, there are going to be some people who are like, okay, but this is how you do it. But with paganism, there's so many like set paths and there are some deviations within those, but there can be a lot of gatekeeping and a lot of like rigidness. And it's not as, as fluid and free flowing as things within the, the witchcraft side of things are. I agree 100%. Yeah. yeah. And that makes a lot of sense to me because, um, you know, with paganism, you're dealing with people's religions, and that's not to that's not to diminish the depth and breadth of witchcraft because um, you know it's a really deep subject as well. But I think with witchcraft, like you said, there's so much more wiggle room for creativity. Whereas with certain religions, you're talking about structure, you're talking about dogma, you're talking about um, you know, historical reconstruction versus more modern day practices. And like, at the end of the day, you're dealing with the same gods. So I can understand why tensions would sort of be a little bit tighter in the pagan Mm -hmm. side of things. Yeah, you definitely have, um, there's like extremes on both ends. There's like the super traditional people say, you got to do it this way. And then there's the super eclectic people who like are trying to break free from that and like I can kind of see where both sides come from but sometimes it's just exhausting man (laughs) it's like I just (laughs) want to talk about the gods I don't want to be arguing all day (laughs) do you think um that the online space kind of breeds more of a debate atmosphere do you think it it would be the same in person do you have an experience with in-person communities Um, um not really Uh, So I don't know if I'd be the best person to answer this, but I think just like in general with online stuff, I mean, um, I just feel like whenever you're talking to to somebody through text online in like an anonymous kind of way, you're always going to be a little bit more pushy about like the way that you see things or like you won't be as afraid to say what you really think to somebody. So I just think having that as like a shield will kind of always make people a little bit more aggressive. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Like you're more emboldened to put it all out there. Yeah, for sure. But does anybody have like real world experience? Because I don't. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh I actually went to, I, I mean, I don't know that it would, it was just a small thing. I went to a, um, a pagan festival. Mm-hmm. Um, I went two years in a row and the first year, um, I didn't really like the vibe. Um, if very, if very much felt like there was judging happening based on just what you look like. Um, it was a very, like a lot of people there were very like, you know, Renaissance and like hippie looks. And I don't know when that, like a look became like when a look made you pagan or more witchy. Um, but like I wore jeans and a sweater because it was November and it was fucking cold. And, 
um, I felt like there was a lot of judgment happening. I stopped at a few booths. I didn't feel like the rapport was there. Like people didn't feel like, didn't want to like really talk. Um, and it also, I don't know, it just didn't feel, it wasn't quite the same as an online community. I think with an online community, you have less, um, you have less of a, of the chance of, of people judging you and your practice based on how you look. Yeah, that makes That's total true. sense. Yeah, because like there's that anonymity with being mm-hmm. online. So like you don't even need to show people how you look at all. You just have yep. a little icon. Yep. Yeah. Um, I also, my only in-person um, pagan event has also been a pagan pride. Um, I live in a major city, so um, there were all different kinds of people there, like, you know, presenting in different ways. So that was really cool to see. Um, nice. Yeah. And it also, it took place um, pretty close to where I live. So it was easy to get to. And it was in a park that I like frequent because there's not that much nature to connect to in the city. And that is one of the spots. So that aspect was nice. Um, I definitely saw the hippie Renaissance fair vibe (laughs) um, for sure. Um, Which, you know, that's, that's cool. Do you, but again, you know, it's like all about variety. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I went to a couple workshops one of them, it was just kind of like, not really my thing. Like, I don't know why I decided to go to like more of a new agey type of thing when that's not really what I've been into historically, but I don't know. Um, what was it? Now I'm curious. Yo, I don't even remember. It was just some <laughs> like, it was like a, like an energy, um, I, I knew you were going to say that. Oh my god! <laughs> I no. I, the first thing that came into my head was, you know, let's let's visualize the orb in your hand, and then bounce it from one hand to the oh other. Oh my god! Class, <laughs> yeah, classic I exercise. I knew you were going to say energy or something to do with that. Oh goodness! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No. No. I was visualizing the fucking twig that was in my ass cheek but um, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> but you know you know whatever we, we try different things i did um i got to meet a uh, um pagan author there which is really fucking cool that's not really something that happens in no. the online space that like we frequent so much i mean you can certainly go to online seminars and stuff which happened a lot more this year um I hope that continues to happen too. Um, you know, after coronavirus is mm-hmm. has done. What author was but there? Laura Tempest Zakroff. <gasps> yeah. Well, I don't know her personally, but I have one of her um uh what do you call it? Ointment things. The flying ointments. Oh really? Yeah. I got it before she like changed her website or something. Actually, I I don't want to get too off topic. <laughs> but yeah, I got I have this like Belladonna ointment from her and it's so cool. I love it. Yeah, the name okay. sounds really familiar. I probably have seen the website because the flying ointment sounded familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she wrote um she wrote Sigil Witchery and Weave the Liminal. 
and uh, there's a cauldron one also and then like we are radia only read a couple but um i was very tongue-tied when i met her anyway that was something that was really cool for in person right because you get to like meet people and talk to people and hopefully have a a face-to-face exchange but um at the same time i definitely prefer the online space because you can specialize right like you can find Mm -hmm. chat room that is you know that speaks to your tradition or you can research at your own pace and like watch a video and pause it you know there's all these different things that you can do and kind of tailor it to your own practice so um i feel like that's one of the big differences it's just kind of like the um self-directed aspect versus kind Mm -hmm. of like off of other people in person in real time i think another thing is that you do have such a wide variety of people because like within the online space, you have people from pretty much all walks of, of life and paths and practices. Um, and unless you live in a big city or you're going to some sort of like page, pagan con or whatever, sound it awful, <laughs> but you know, like a comic con for pagans and witches, you're not going to get a lot of people that are coming from a bunch of different places Um, Like the one I went to here, there was this huge organization that was part of it. They kind of helped put it on Um, and they tout themselves as being eclectic and and being very like free and open. And then I went to their website because I was thinking, oh, I might want to join this so that I have something, you know, offline and something that I can take my kid to. Um, And then they their tenants are the Wiccan read and and, you know, the Wiccan tenants. And I was like, okay, well, that's not very open and eclectic and uh since i don't follow those and i don't adhere to those i can't you know join this group yeah i feel that i um right before covid i was going to like kind of scout out this um unitarian universalist church because there's one like 20 minutes from my house that has a cups chapter which is like the pagan chapter of uu um but, like, I kept looking at their website, and they're just very Wiccan, which is fine. That's fine. But um, I'm just not Wiccan anymore. So <laughs> it's just, I guess, kind of hard to find pagan spaces that aren't very kind of like Wiccan? that. Yeah, very Wiccan. <laughs> yeah. You just got right to the point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I feel that. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Like, yeah. I guess, you know, maybe it's like places that kind of cropped up around the 90s. Um, I don't know. Because I feel like now things aren't so, um, are starting to be like less Wiccan-centric these days. Mm-hmm. Do y'all notice that? Yeah, I did actually. I feel like there's a bit of a hostility towards Wicca these days. Which, like, at first I was like yeah let's change it up but now i'm kind of like well you're just kind of being mean now yeah so, i don't know how to feel about that i think the problem is, is and this isn't really 100 percent on topic but i think the problem is is that wiccans tend to and i don't mean all of them at all so i guess i should probably try to some wiccans that i've come across online and in person tend to be very much of that it's kind of like i don't want to say a christian mindset how some christians are very much this is the way that it has to be right um and you have to believe this 
and anything that you, and if anyone who doesn't believe in this, then you're not, you know, you're not okay. Um, and a, a lot of Wiccans that I've noticed, and I don't know if it's part of like this newer movement, because I don't recall it being like that when I was younger and first going into Wicca, but it was like, you have to follow the Wiccan read, the threefold law, and this is how it is. And, and nobody wants, like, you know, nobody wants that, that kind of antagonistic attitude all the time. So I think that's where that, that kind of like meanness towards Wicca, I'm not saying that it's okay, because it's not, but I think that's kind of where it comes from. Yeah, that like pushing the Wiccan read and the threefold law on people really bothers me. Not only because that's just not how everybody's morals work, but also because usually the way that they're talking about those things just aren't like the way that the read and the threefold law were intended to be. Um, mm-hmm. Like the threefold law originally, it, like it's supposed to mean that if somebody does something nice for you as a witch, you as a witch have to do something three times as nice back to them. It's not yeah. anything to do with karma or Western karma. Eastern karma is a whole other topic. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like, ugh, like so much of what you're saying is wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's also mean to say. Actually, I don't want to hold it, hold back. <laughs> yeah, Perfect. no, like, I mean, that it is wrong, right? Like it's, it's a misinterpretation or at least it's a very like, specific interpretation and not leaving room for anybody else's and i think that that is something that definitely comes with online spaces is like Mm -hmm. you're going to feel so emboldened and so strong in your opinion and you're going to want to call other people out you know in the comment section or in a chat or something and i think that that attitude kind of comes from people newer to wicca or newer to witchcraft in general you know i feel like a lot of times it comes from a place of not having done a lot of research that's true mm-hmm. and you know it also has to do with uh, i'm just kidding the wiccan authors the authors that are putting out this information because they take the word wiccan and witch and they use them interchangeably as if because you're a witch you're also a wiccan it's not the same thing like wicca is a very specific path practice religion witchcraft is just a practice it's you know a craft that you do and you don't have to be wiccan to be a witch Mm -hmm. but uh, especially a lot of the older writers um they they use those two words interchangeably and so these younger people that are coming into wicca they're seeing this um and you know people who are writing online shitty blogs i'm not even gonna <laughs> like let's just be honest so i've come across so many shitty wiccan blogs it's just like what the fuck and i wasn't <laughs> looking for wicca i just typed in witchcraft and then the first eight things that come up are the shittiest of shittiest with wiccan blogs and it's like oh my god and they're using the terms interchangeably they're saying witch when they want to say wicca or they're saying wicca when they're wanting to say witch and and these you know younger this younger generation they're coming online they're finding these shitty blogs because you know they've either never been taught or never thought to hit the next button in the google search (laughs) and they're looking (laughs) at those eight shitty blogs instead of like you know going on down the line and seeing if there's something better And then they come in assuming that because you're a witch, you're a Wiccan, and hence you must follow the threefold law and the read and cursing is bad and all Mm -hmm. of that. 
I actually, um, I kind of stumbled upon, like, the reason why Wicca and witchcraft get so interchangeable. And it's actually, like, really interesting. Um, I read... Okay, so the first, like, witchcraft slash, like, Wicca book I ever read was, uh, That Big Blue Book by Ray Buckland. And I... Maybe, like, a year or two ago, I found this interview that somebody did on YouTube with Ray Buckland, and it had, like, 200 views. I have no idea why. It was super interesting. But they talked about this a little bit, because Ray Buckland in that book, he calls Wicca witchcraft, and there's, like, you know, there's no nuance. It's just they're the same thing. And he was talking about, like, the interviewer asked him, like, why he did that. Um, And Ray Buckland was like, well... When I was first introduced to Wicca, it was called British Traditional Witchcraft. So we just called it witchcraft. That's just all we knew. And, like, back then, obviously, witchcraft wasn't, like, as popular, I guess, as it is now. Um, So there wasn't really any pushback to that. So they just kept doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then now, obviously, we know more. But I just thought that was really cool that he like he actually talked about that because i know a lot of people complain that's like people's number one complaint about that book is that he does that so i just thought Mm -hmm. that was cool i mean he's not the only one scott cunningham has done it and i recommend cunningham because yeah even though he's he's wiccan and very wiccan centric he's very well informed and a lot of his stuff is really good like he's got whole compilations on herbs and oils and and shit so but cunningham does it too Mm -hmm. um I'm going to need a link to that interview. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, Yeah, I'll try to find it again and link it to you guys. Yeah. Um, I feel like this whole conversation has been kind of a cautionary tale, though, in um, understanding what your sources are and, you know, cross-referencing things online before you go yell at other people online. (laughs) Um, Yep. And, you know, the whole idea of misinformation being spread so quickly these days. Um, which, you know, that is definitely an age of information type thing. It's definitely an online, like, um, problem is misinformation. So, I mean, I'm going to say it. Let's talk about TikTok. What, what, (laughs) what's going on? (laughs) What are your thoughts (laughs) on, on misinformation? I'm going to be honest. I... I don't have TikTok, so unless someone like shares a witch talk video for me to take a look at, I honestly don't see any of them, but I hear plenty of people bitch about it. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, like that whole like hex the moon, and um, I think, I, yeah, I don't like look at witch talk that much. I do have TikTok, but I don't look at witch talk, but I hear people talk about it all the time, like about hex the moon, and also. Um, I think there's some kind of trend with, like, deity, what do you call it? When, like, the deity's in your body and you're, like, talking. Um, invocation, mm, but they I call have, it something different. I have so many thoughts on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, go for it. Go ahead, Kev. Yeah, so, um, yes, the Hex the Moon thing was ridiculous, but also a fantastic troll. Like, I really have to hand it to the people who conceived of that. It was an amazing troll. Honestly, um, it was. And we were talked about in like, it wasn't just like what you would normally consider witchy stuff to be talked about. We were talked about in mainstream publications. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like one Buzz of my favorite had a podcasts. whole fucking article about it. 
Yeah, one of my favorite podcasts covered that story, and I was like, oh my god, they're talking about the Hex the Moon thing. I have a question, Eden. Um, yeah. So, like, you do the invocation stuff, so how do you think recording yourself while you're doing that and knowing that you're going to upload it to the internet, like, how do you think that would impact your invocation session? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no... There's no way. I, how it would affect me would... I don't think I would be able to focus as easily because that's like a huge distraction, right? You're already in such a vulnerable um, headspace and it's, it look, it can look weird, you know, like props to people who like show their practice online or like take videos of them doing actual spell work or meditation or any kind of trance work. Cause like that shit can look weird. Yeah. Yeah. I was just wondering, cause like, you know, people do that on TikTok all the time. And it just seems, like, very dramatic, and that's kind of something that, like, turns me off about it. I think it turns a lot of people off, just because it's like, well, I don't know, is it, how authentic is this if you're recording it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's kind of like, are they crossing a line of, like, making a mockery of, you know, people's actual religions, their practices? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean... <sighs> And the thing is, like, I have no idea what it actually looks like for them if they're actually doing what it is they say they're doing, you know, because it's it's something that you feel out like for yourself. So it's not going to look the same for me than for anybody else, you know, like. Yeah, that's true. It like so like when other people like beginners watch these videos, too, because that's most of the people who are watching these TikToks are beginners. So they're going to think that when, if they try to invoke a deity, it's going to look mm-hmm. the way it is on TikTok, but and it might and not. How many of them look exactly the same? That's the other thing is how many of them are watching and going, oh, I can do that. And then recording themselves. And it's basically just a copycat of the last person. Yeah. Which is kind of what TikTok's about is just, being a meme, right? Like just repeating a trend. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not all of TikTok, but that's what it was kind of built all, for. All these new younger kids coming on and, and watching these and going, oh yeah, that's what it looks like. That's how it's done. And it's not at all. And honestly, it's a very personal thing to do an invocation. You are letting someone invade your personal space, like to the utmost. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, this, this, they're not just moving into your room, they're moving into your body. Um, and that's something that you have to give permission for. So imagine you, you're, you're sitting here thinking you're going to do it exactly like this person online. And it doesn't work, or it does, and it's the worst experience you've ever had, and you didn't even you weren't ready for it. You just, you didn't even know you weren't ready till this moment, but it's too late. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that really opens up a conversation about like aesthetics and about toxic comparison, like not even just on TikTok, but just, you know, places like Instagram as well. Like you're, you know, it can lead to wanting to make your practice look a certain way. And then all of a sudden you're not focused on the actual practice. It's just what it looks like. Yep. And that's not, you know, that's not going to enrich your life as much as it would if you would just let yourself be you. Um, so, yeah, I don't really have a neat way to tie that one up, but <laughs> you kind of made me think about, like, the aesthetics of it all and how 
how looking at something online can be a hindrance sometimes. Yeah. I kind of wonder if it's even like ethical to post stuff like this online sometimes. Not really just the aesthetics, but like, um, like taking videos of what you're doing and uploading it and stuff. I don't know. I feel like, and I didn't grow up with this or anything. So I'm sure that people watching this stuff now in 10 years, if they're still around, they'll look back on it fondly and stuff. But, um, I don't know. I can't help but wonder if it's, if like there's something wrong with this whole thing. And I'm not just saying that to be grumpy either. I feel like I sound so grumpy <laughs> about like the internet and TikTok and like, Oh, I'm too old for this, but you know, it sounds like you're thinking critically. Just yeah. Good. I just wonder if it's like, if it's right for all this to be happening. I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know because I, I see some of the plus sides, right? Um, Cause I actually grew up in the time of no internet. So like, I remember a time when there wasn't internet and, and I was doing this whole witchcraft and, and pagan thing and, and having to learn by going to the library and, and hoping that there were more than the three books that I saw last time I was at the library. Um, so, you know, the advent of the internet really did open up a lot of avenues for me and make it made it easier for me to expand and and find my way out out of something that I never really felt truly comfortable in Wicca. I mean, it took me fuck, like 15 almost 20 years to like finally just be like I am not wicked. <laughs> uh, and a yeah. lot of that had to do with the internet, with being able to explore and 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 see things that I wasn't able to see before. Um, like I had no idea what chaos magic was till a couple of years ago. I'd never even heard of it. Mm. It's fairly new, but like, yeah, there's uh, there's really not that many um, books on it. Like, there's uh, there are some, but a lot of them are just like weird like essays and stuff and I don't like personally I don't care to read that kind of stuff <laughs> like I don't care about your own personal experiments sorry but um yeah it's cool to it's cool to discover discover new things online so I mean there are plus sides plus sides but there's I mean there's a negative there's going to be a, a downside to everything mm-hmm and I know there's some people, I feel like um, every generation kind of has an issue with this, at least within the last few generations, because um, like there's people who I watch on YouTube and like the witchy community there, um, and they've been witches for like 20, 30 years, and they started with like Silver Ravenwolf and <laughs> like The Craft, the movie The Craft. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, and like... They talk about some of them in our videos are saying like the witches at that time thought that those things were like the trendy, um, like irresponsible things that kids were starting to become witches with. And it was going <laughs> to ru ruin witchcraft or something. But then now they're here on YouTube 20 years later and they're like badass witches. So who knows? Maybe TikTok will be... It's the new Silver Raven Wolf for the new generation. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a not really good much comparison, stuff. I think. Well, I because Silver I, is yeah. is 
hotly debated as being no bueno now. So yeah, <laughs> I think I think the interesting thing about you know maybe like subpar writing or subpar like um, online personalities, if we want to take it to modern day, is that it's still an entryway. Like mm-hmm. it's still. You know, and there's going to be people who fall out of it because, yes, they were just in it for the aesthetic or the trends or the followers or whatever. But there's going to be people who stick around and, you know, they find their way to more credible sources or they find their way to, you know, a different community. And then all of a sudden they, you know, they've got this really fulfilling practice that they just continue to enrich over the years. So I think it really depends on, like, whether or not we stick around. It's true. Yeah, definitely. And of course, there's going to be people who don't stick around. And I think that's another thing that people argue about online. (laughs) It's like, um, it's too trendy now or whatever. And then these people take it seriously and all that. But I'm sure in 10 years, a lot of them are still going to be here. And the ones who aren't, then who cares? Then they had a yeah. good year or two in their life and they practiced witchcraft and it was cool. And that's it. Don't don't worry about it too much, man. It's fine. I mean, and it's not you, right? Yeah. So, and it's yeah. not for everyone. And like you can't you can't be like, oh, all these kids these days flooding in <laughs> here where they don't belong and they don't know what they're doing. And then when they decide to leave it's like oh wow they suck for leaving it's okay well which one like pick one (laughs) do we want people to you know stay within something a religion or spirituality that's meaningful to them or you know if it doesn't work out for them wouldn't we wish for them to find something better you know like it's just i find it really weird to blast people who are just trying to learn, you know? I think it's, it's one thing to be annoyed by the aesthetic that is actually um, not based in any sort of fact, right? Mm-hmm. Versus just like being shitty towards somebody online because they just started and they don't really know that much because <laughs> we all start somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's true. Do you mean, when you talk about the aesthetic, do you mean, like, people who, like, buy witchy stuff and post it on Instagram, and then, like, that's about it? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's, it's, like, people who, um, yes, buy witchy stuff, but also, uh, like, they, they claim witchcraft, like, they, they take pictures of, like, an altar that they might not actually use. It's just to Mm -hmm. look pretty. Which, like, personally, I don't give a fuck as long as there's nothing disrespectful actually happening. Like, if there's Mm no appropriation happening for a profit, I don't really... It's kind of like a you-do-you situation. Because it does look cool. It's a pretty cool aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Um, I think when it crosses over into people being disrespectful and trying to make a buck off of, like, their you know, their hoodoo inspired curse altar or whatever that they posted on Instagram. I feel like that's where the aesthetic is a problem. Did you say purse altar? Curse for the C. <laughs> like oh, they, curse. Like they have a curse. <laughs> Yo, on their honestly, <laughs> a purse altar? 
that you can carry oh, around with you. That sounds pretty fucking cool. That's, That's what I you said. I was like, yeah. hey, I want to know where you found that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm all for a creative travel alter. That's fine. Hell yeah. But yeah, I yeah. get that. Like when you dip into like the cultural appropriation stuff, then it's like, okay, let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> right. And there are people who, who like will just get mad at pretty looking Instagram witch pictures even if the you know they don't actually know what the person's practice looks like but they'll be upset about witchcraft being used as an aesthetic at all which i don't personally fall into that camp but you know i've seen that online as well yeah and it's also like um i don't know some people like having a nice altar and maybe they don't do witchcraft that much you don't need to do witchcraft every day or anything to be a witch like you're a witch if you think you are and if you do witchcraft like once a month or once a year you're still a witch some people just like having the altar there so that like um i don't know just seeing it gives you some inspiration and some motivation i don't know just yeah yeah. i think having it um gives you like you said that motivation and inspiration it also keeps it present in your life, even if you're not actively doing it. I think that's the one good thing about, uh, not the one only good thing, but that's one of the good things about an online space um, is that it keeps it present in your life. Um, Because I, I, you know, I say I've been doing this for 20 odd years, but it really has been off and on and sporadic, right? It's been a total of 20 years, but um, I, I wasn't always active. Um, and that's just because, you know, life and mental health and, and just things get in the way. And I didn't have something that was constantly reminding me of it. And I'm in an online space now that I'm on and I moderate. So I'm there daily. And so it keeps me coming back. Um, so I think part of having, like, I've been living in, in a space for the last two years where I couldn't have an altar. The online space was kind of like my altar. It gave me that that place where I could come back to that it would keep paganism and witchcraft in my life daily, even if I wasn't actively practicing or worshiping or whatever. I would still have it because, I mean, whether I was actively doing it in real life doesn't matter because I am actively doing it in this online space. And I think that's also why some people just keep altars up to keep them up. They may not use them, but it gives them that visual. You see it. So, you know, and you're reminded constantly. Mm, It's like a home base. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I like that. I like that, you know, having your online community, you know, on, in your pocket pretty much, right. It's on your phone. Like, that is perfectly valid as a daily act of service for the community in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have that issue too. I guess not an issue, but like I, I struggle with that sometimes. Cause they're like, on one hand, I wish I wasn't spending so much time on my phone, but on the other hand, like a lot of the time I'm on my phone, I'm in my religious community cause I don't have one in person. So mm-hmm. the internet is my religious community. Um, and I know a lot of pagans think maybe that's like not enough, but it does fill some kind of like need that I have to connect with others who share my religion. Mm-hmm. So that's what I got, and I'm cool with it. 
it's a good point of connection. And I feel like it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive to be a pagan online and be a pagan, like in the real world or like to, to have an online space versus having an outdoor altar, you know, like that's not something that everybody has access to and being able to have somewhere. Yeah. Or even wants to like just being able to have somewhere to be able to talk to other people, to be able to even set up a group chat to do like a devotional meditation or some sort of something for your religion. Like who cares where it happens? Like as long as it's happening, you know, and as long as it's making your life better and deeper and fuller, I feel like it doesn't matter where, where that happens, just like what it feels like. Yeah, definitely. And again, like the places near me where there's like a pagan community, they're mostly Wiccan. And I'm like a reconstructionist Roman pagan. <laughs> there's no other recon, recon Roman pagans here. <laughs> if there are, they're going to be very difficult to find. And Roman pagans tend to be very like low key. So I doubt they would put themselves out there anyway. So yeah, like I'm cool with it just being online. So yeah, I don't know. That's it for me. Yeah. I think the only other thing we didn't really touch on was um, if you didn't have the online space, like how, how would it change your practice? What, how might you like pivot if it I'd were cry. to just all go away? You would cry. <laughs> yeah, I probably yes. would too. <laughs> I... <sighs> So, I mean, you guys know me, so y'all know I'm, I'm a self-proclaimed procrastinator and lazy. I'm a lazy witch, but also like I have really low days and, and, you know, just don't have the strength or the fortitude to do anything. I need the online community because it keeps it present daily. Like I said earlier. So if it left, I can't say that my practice would be as rich as it is right now. I mean, it could be, I guess I could stop procrastinating and stop being lazy, but honestly, those are just words. Those are negative words that I'm using to really just describe my mental health. Mm. And I can't do anything about that other than, you know, find the right medical regimen. Um, And even then there's no guarantee that I would have the space and the, the, fortitude to to be actively pagan and witchy i mean i would i would probably get rid of one over the other i at this point in my life i think i'd be better equipped to no longer do witchcraft and stick with paganism but like i don't want to like i the both both of those are important to me so i feel like losing the online community would be really hard right now in the long term who knows maybe it'll be a good thing i feel like for me um if all the online spaces were to disappear i would be like so um scattered i don't know like i i like to be able to have that online space to like anchor myself to like specific um Mm -hmm. you know lines of research like maybe i'm on a website that i'm looking into and then going to other websites from there. Like that's a big thing. It's kind of harder to do with just 
you know, trying to find books specifically about chaos magic, but because it's chaos magic, I could go find a book about fucking anything I'm interested in at the time. And like, that's just so overwhelming. So I feel like having a space online where like I have things organized or things are already organized for me and I can go like search them. It's, it's a better way to like organize it. Yeah. For me. I think without that, I would be really, um, almost like an analysis paralysis. Like I would just be so overwhelmed with what it is that I'm trying to like look into. And maybe it would help me organize my, my like written notes and logs and books of shadows better. Um, but like, I think just an online detox is good for that. Right. Like not, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I just, and also it would mean losing like I've already kind of, obviously I'm talking to you all right now, but like I've already kind of stepped away in a big capacity from the main online space that I've been using and it's an adjustment. Like, and I'm kind of, I am finding myself getting deeper into research because I just have more time on my hands. Yeah. So I guess that's an upside, but at the same time, I really miss certain aspects of it. Like specifically just talking to people is something that I miss. So I don't think that my practice would just disintegrate along with the internet, but I think that it would be like a long adjustment period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. I mean, most of the reason I use like uh, online communities is so I can talk to people. <laughs> and I also, I find a lot of motivation from like writing blogs and stuff. Um, like I'll, I read stuff almost every day or I try to, at least I do procrastinate, but yeah. So, I mean, I try to learn something about my path every day as long as I can, but, um, like having an outlet to write and put information out there gives me more motivation to do more research myself. I know that's kind of like maybe not the best thing to rely on for motivation, but um, I don't know. Right now, it's something that I enjoy doing, and I'm the kind of person who like I need to have some kind of goal if I'm going to motivate myself to research. Um, like I'm working on a bigger project too, where I'm have to do a lot of research, but just having that like blogs I'm talking about, um, having that as an option kind of helps me to a just like write down my thoughts and get my thoughts together about a topic and b just have that like extra motivation i like having the the people aspect because i am a a bit of an introvert and i don't go out unless i'm going to work i go to work and i come home and i try to like stay out of public spaces and that's Mm -hmm. even before covid so um for me it's nice to have a, a place where i can just you know, if I suddenly had a question or or something came up that I wanted to discuss with someone about my practice or my path or my religion, I have a space where I can do that. I can do that with a moment's notice. And there's always going to be someone who, you know, can have a conversation with me. And also there's the the aspect like you I don't write as I don't write blogs, um, definitely not educational ones. I usually write personal blogs. Um, but I love reading 
um, other people's blogs, um, both educational and personal, because like all of those things help me in my practice. Um, you know, I might see something that, that looks really interesting and I'm like, okay, well, I want to look into that more. And so that gives me something to focus on, um, or, you know, a spell or a ritual that I really like that gives me something to work on where I can tweak it so that it's more for myself. And it's, I don't know, it's easier to do that than, than the way it was done before the internet, I guess. Yeah. The, I mean, the world gets a lot, um, a lot bigger when you have an online community, mm-hmm. you get to, you know, see all kinds of stuff that you might not have even thought of before without it existing. And yeah, so that's definitely a good point. Yeah. It gives us people to panic with. <laughs> it yeah. gives us people to panic with. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how we got our name. Cause we were panicking about something. And then it's, we were, somebody was like, it's nice to have people to panic with. <laughs> and then we were like, that would oh. be a great podcast name. And here we are. Yep. We were, we were doing a November panic. Yeah, it was the, uh, it was the U.S. presidential election in 2020, y'all. That's what we were panicking oh, about. Oh, right. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I forgot. Yeah. I was trying not to be specific and Eden is like, nope, here you go. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. What's who's gonna get offended? Whatever. Probably everybody. That's fine. Everyone's gonna get offended, but you know what? Fuck them. <laughs> it was yeah no, but it was nice because our you know we're we're all friends and we all met on this pagan and witchy online community. You know we wouldn't know each other otherwise. So That's you know true. even even just making friends in, you know, and that's something that we were freaking out about in a complete, that had nothing to do with paganism or witchcraft, that it's just like, we became friends. So that's where we were hanging out and talking. Mm-hmm. So like, even just finding your, your community on a more personal level. That's true. Um, that's true. Is mm-hmm. important online. So yeah, it was just, it's cool. Yeah. And I think that's not something that's exclusive to paganism either. I mean, or online spaces too. Um, like, I think I was I was talking to somebody about this the other day, but I was like, um, even like in Christianity, there are people who find that motivation to practice their religion by going to church and having a religious community. And mm-hmm. for us, like, we don't have a church. We have... I mean, some people, there are some pagans who do have, there's like Wiccan churches out there, I'm sure. Um, But most of us don't have that. We have online spaces. So I'm not saying it's a church, but it's, it provides the same kind of community. It's a church. The internet is a church. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, yeah, you need some place to congregate and like, share the ideas because there's a lot of just weirdness that happens when you're exploring something so like mind-bending like religion or like witchcraft you know you gotta have somebody to bounce off of and for for us it's we're more likely to find people online and it opens you up to newer experiences too i mean did you outside of outside of the way that you work with deity uh deity within your chaos practice, did you ever think that you would be like connecting 
with anyone on a different level before all of this? Uh, what do you mean? Do you mean like in terms of like paganism uh, or, or spiritual? Yeah. Yeah, a more spiritual practice as opposed to the way you, because I mean, you, you've spoken about the way that you utilize deity before in your practice as a KO. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not quite the same as the way pagans go about it. Um, <laughs> you, are, you are kind of building a more spiritual path now, right? Um, and you're connecting so, differently. Yeah, so it's it's tricky and it's something that I have to still figure out for myself. And it's why I'm kind of trying to like, find more people online to talk to about um how they interact with deity specifically because it's also just different um Mm -hmm. from pagan to pagan right yeah um i i think my hang up with calling myself pagan is because i i'm not religious and i i don't know enough about the specific religions that the deities that i work with belong to i know more than most not you know not most pagans but i know more than most laymen do right um but it's just i don't know it's just tricky because the way that um the way that i work the way that chaos magic works it's just about shifting your beliefs and so i don't know if i can give you a clean answer to that question because I don't know. I have to believe in the deity in a specific way right now, because that's, that's where my practice is going right now. So I don't, I feel like in some ways, and it could be just me. um, I just don't want to be disrespectful, I guess, to, to people who are specifically like, I don't want to be disrespectful to Hellenic pagans. um, Because I'm not a Hellenic pagan. I just happen Mm -hmm. to, have worked with Hellenic deities. Um, but the way that I'm, the way that I'm exploring deity right now, it's, it has nothing to do with witchcraft. Like it's not a, it's not a, um, I'm not doing spells with a deity. Mm-hmm. I'm learning from the deity to just like to help with a specific aspect of my life, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's more of a, I don't know, like an, like an honoring or a worship thing than a, than a working with them in terms of like doing witchcraft. So yeah, I don't know. That was a really long answer. I'm still figuring it out. It's okay. But do you feel like being part of, of an online community kind of helped open you up to that possibility? Oh yeah. Cause I don't think that I would have necessarily explored it if I hadn't seen it somewhere online floating around in our, in our soup of, different pagan identities. <laughs> um, I don't think I would have, I would have necessarily um, reached out to that side of things, okay. at least not this early on in my practice, because um, I don't know, it just seems more accessible when you see people talking about it and you see how much it like impacts their lives. Mm-hmm. So. I wonder you all- uh, wait, what are you asking? Sorry. Uh, pretty much the same thing, because I know that you, you've shifted a lot. I mean, you're not even calling yourself a witch now. Yeah. Well, that's more just because, um, I don't have any kind of, like, opposition to witchcraft or anything. Um, I just kind of haven't 
practiced magic in like at least a year so and like it's not like on my mind at all i don't use my like witchcraft altar at all anymore i just use my roman shrine so i don't know i just felt like i had kind of grown out of that label Mm -hmm. so yeah and like i haven't like retired from it or anything like if i if i find the need to do witchcraft i will do it i know how to do it and i respect magic very much but it's just like not a part of my life right now so yeah i just prefer to be called a pagan and not a witch at the moment at least what about you i will say that being within an online community has really like broadened uh the pagan side of things for me i've always felt i've always it's always felt like i needed or wanted religion and faith i feel like humans sometimes kind of gravitate towards that and it doesn't work for everybody but i've always kind of felt like it's something that i've wanted in my life um and i will say that up until a few years ago when i joined um the online community that we're on i i would have considered myself i mean i still considered myself pagan but i definitely would have considered myself more a witch over that um and i i would say that like my religious practice my spiritual practice has definitely widened since joining yeah same here there were so many things that i didn't even know about at all until i started reading like blogs and stuff in pagan and witch communities like uh i had no idea what a cottage witch was until (laughs) i went on the internet uh or chaos magic or like a lot of other things so it's just like opens it opens the windows up so you can see a lot more stuff yeah i'd never considered norse gods at all like at all like i never once thought hey i'm gonna worship some norse deities (laughs) and now you know thor is one of my main gods that i worship which is so still odd to me even almost a year and a half later (laughs) i love your relationship with thor whenever you talk about it it seems so cool he's he's a great guy (laughs) (laughs) he's a great guy Hey, Eden here. Thanks for sticking around to this point in the show. For the rest of the show, Olive, Rana, and I talk about our paths and friendship. If you want to hang out with us and get to know us a little better, listen on. He's so easy. He's just, you know, he doesn't demand a lot. I don't feel like I have to bend over backwards. Not that I feel that way with my other gods, but I don't know. It's less formal. It feels less formal. Hmm. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like the comedics in general just feel a little bit more formal and <laughs> uptight. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know much about comedicism, but... From what I've heard from you guys, uh, it just seems like there's a lot of rules. I don't know. Would you say that? Uh, I would say with like 
yes. Um, and with Orthodox, especially uh, with Orthodox Kemeticism, I, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't follow, I'm not an Orthodox Kemetic and I wouldn't follow the Orthodox Church, but um, it's just because they're not, they're not polytheists and I am. They're not? No. Oh. No, they are, I don't know how, I don't know what word it is. I'm sure it'll come to me. I mean, I know the word, but it won't come to me right now. Um, But they have, there's one God and then all of the gods within that pantheon are all that one God. They're just name. They call them names. Oh, I think that, is that hypnotheism? I don't know. I think so. Something like that. So there, it's one God and they're all aspects of that God. Mm. And I don't jive with that at all. Yeah, that's another internet debate <laughs> that happens a lot. Yeah. Which you know, again, cool if that's your practice, but it's not mine. I I don't resonate. It doesn't resonate with me, um, so I can't. Yeah, with Roman stuff, that's kind of like the norm to at least like be aware of that kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. Romans, like famously, have a they stole the Greek the Greek deities and took all their myths <laughs> and put them on their real <laughs> pure native Roman deities. I'm Sorry, that's, that's how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a big thing that I hate seeing on the internet with all the memes saying that. Yeah, if anybody's listening, nothing I just said is true. <laughs> they were not stolen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I can go on about that forever. But I mean, that's how it works. And the Romans aren't the only ones who syncretized. I mean, mm-hmm. there's tons of syncretization. Is that right? That's not right. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Within the comedic pantheon, syncretism mm-hmm. within the comedic pantheon itself, like their gods get syncretized all the time with each other. Um, and then they have like these weird hyphenated long names like Amun Ra, Ra, Bas whatever you know so it happens there the greeks have done it it's been done since you know the beginning of time they they didn't steal anything yeah syncretize it's how it's how people integrate other people into their cultures unfortunately it's you know it's always it's not looked at upon favorably because it's usually not it's usually a conquering person comes and they take over and what's the best way to get those people that are not your people to become your people religion is the easiest way and so your god is like this god yeah i do think there is that like kind of political reasoning behind that but i also think i mean there's like roman literature of I, i guess technically they're like elite people but they're having like a real conversation about um like what the gods are and they had different ideas about whether or not they were like the same like the roman gods were the same as like the other ones or whatever so um yeah like i can see that it's it definitely is like some kind of tactic to get people to integrate um that's like what rome is known for but i think there are other reasons for it like just genuine like human curiosity and trying to figure out like what the gods really are and stuff like that too Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean like we're 
as humans, we tend to make meanings. Like that's just what we do. Um, and we try to connect things. And so yeah. it completely makes sense what, to have like gods that represent abstract concepts, um, you know, be fluid and kind of bleed into each other in some cultures and in certain ways. And some gods are going to be uh, more similar to each other than other gods. And I feel like that's, that's just natural. Like, I don't know. I also like, I don't know. It's, it's hard as somebody who like deals with archetypes too. Cause I think it's, it's easy to say that like, certain gods that meet the same archetype are the same and certainly like i'm not going to shame anybody who believes that but at the same time i think it's perfectly valid to take a harder polytheist stance on it because there are so many nuances within each archetype and within each cultural perspective of the archetype that it warrants its own specific entity to deal with so um those are my thoughts on that on that mm. tangent <laughs> yeah i read a comment on an internet post since we're talking about the internet um but they were saying that they the way that they say see deity is that um they compared it to a hydra where there's like the one body that a deity may have and then they have these all these heads and like the different heads represent like the different um interpretations throughout the cultures and then some of the heads fall off and some new heads grow and stuff like that so that's kind of the way that they saw it and i thought that made so much sense i really liked that because it kind of mixes like the soft and hard polytheism thing a little bit where it's like yeah there are the separate heads for the different gods but they're all kind of connected to one mm-hmm. entity mm-hmm. oh i love that yeah yeah it's been um really confusing on my end too as somebody who doesn't like do a lot of deity stuff to look into hermes because i was like i don't know like what the difference is between hermes and mercury and then i look into it and it's like okay like i'm going into this with the idea that it's not a copy paste because i've learned i've learned from olive that that is not true um, yes, and then I am. um yeah and then i found sources that are like oh yeah mercury is pretty close to a copy paste to hermes i'm like okay cool <laughs> like, and then, well that's not the other thing it's kind of like after a certain period of time they kind of were the same, at least in Rome. I mean, I don't want to speak for the Greeks, but um, that's just part of that's part of Mercury's history. Like you can't. Some people try to reduce the Roman gods back to like they think that the, the added Greek syncretism is um, it like made it impure, kind of. But really, that's you're kind of like ignoring the whole history of this deity, like. There were hundreds of years where they did see Mercury and Hermes as maybe not exactly the same, but they had significant overlap. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not a bad thing to to think that. And if you're looking into that, I hope you don't fall into the the uh, the comedic circle of that as well, because oh, <laughs> at one point. <laughs> at one point was um was syncretized with Hermes. 
Yeah, no, yeah, because of the psychopomp aspect. Hermanubis is actually a thing in, yeah. Um, yeah, in like certain occult traditions, which I'm not, yeah, I'm not really, <laughs> I'm not ready for all of that. I'm just kind of focusing on Hermes, and, which has also been hilarious looking into the Greek side of things because there's a lot of fluxiness happening there where um, Hermes was pan at some point but also hermes was at some point the father of pan and it's just a lot so i'm just you know i'm kind of parsing out what makes sense to me and then how he appears to me because it's my practice <laughs> so, and i can choose what i share on the internet exactly that's true. And i think that's the beauty of 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 having a practice and also an online space because you have that that space where you can learn all of these different things and honestly i love the idea of i've saved uh, several different posts on starting your own tradition because while i consider myself like i've said uh, i i'm going with comedic ish now i think <laughs> or comedic like <laughs> i don't know i'm not quite sure uh, while i like <laughs> that um i I don't know that like, I, I hate the, I don't know which one's the right term, but like that whole as close to, to what it was in ancient time, like it, that's really hard for me. I, that doesn't resonate as well. There are certain things from ancient times that I can't get with, like the whole um, menstruation makes you unclean. Um, so within ancient practices and with with like orthodox and and certain practices, when you try to make them today like they were then, I can't even talk to my gods if I'm menstruating. Like, like I'm not to approach them. Mental block. Yeah, I'm not to approach them. I'm not to talk to them. I'm not to have any kind of contact with them during that time but like depending on what kind of woman you are that that can be anywhere from you know four to seven fucking days where i can't have any connection with my god i'm not good with that i don't like the idea that that this thing that's a natural thing for women makes you unclean and therefore you cannot present yourself to your you cannot worship your god in that time frame yeah um and that's just one example <laughs> yeah i struggle with some of that kind of stuff too in my practice because like i i do like generally think of myself as like a recon person but um yeah there's definitely some things that i've adapted like i don't think i i try to see like ancient religions as like okay well what would this look like today because like obviously we don't live in an ancient society we live in modern society so yeah and religions especially pagan religions they were they were very fluid like they changed over time um they varied from region to region the paganism was like we look different through time and space it just changes all the time so with like the menstruation stuff like um yeah i just i don't take that stuff into consideration because i feel like that just doesn't make sense for the modern day you know yeah and that's that's something that i would like to get into and i think that that that's the beauty of of these online spaces you learn terms like reconstructionists and revivalists and what each of those mean and and you find spaces where you can learn 
the differences between Hermes and Mercury uh, and, and find how to make it your own and make your own path, which is why, like I said, I kind of like I've been saving posts on making your own tradition because to find a, a place that feels at least as close to 100 percent comfortable for you is is like the goal. Right. Uh, an online space gives you that that place where you can start to to build that foundation. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, like we're For doing sure. it now. We're bouncing ideas off of each other. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's, I feel like we kind of said it all. Yeah. <laughs> we did. We said a lot. We, we did have. say a lot. Yeah. Um, good job, I don't us. know how to. Yeah, I don't know how to close this out, but it's been uh, a really good conversation. I think I love talking to y'all about all this, all this craziness. Right. Okay. So this was our very first episode. Um, it is kind of long. Hopefully, the next ones maybe not so much. Um, but you know, maybe if they are, we are just pagans and witches. And, and spiritual people talking and just kind of spitballing off of each other. Uh, and sometimes I think that that's a, a good thing. I think some people kind of need to hear that kind of banter. Um, so if it's a little bit on the long side, then, you know, listen or don't. But <laughs> um, <laughs> be aware, this is just the first episode of People to Panic With. And um, we do have plenty of other people that we panic with. It's not just the three of us. Um, so hopefully within the next few episodes, you'll get to meet a few of our other panic people. <laughs> We're very calm for a panic <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we had such a calm a conversation. <laughs> it was just a fun thing. Somebody said once, we, can you imagine if the podcast was just frantic energy? That would be, <laughs> so oh, be overwhelming. I'm sure that will happen eventually. Eventually, we'll have an episode like that, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but most of the yeah, time, we're pretty we chill. Are, yeah. But, yeah. So, you know, stay tuned. Um, come panic with us. <laughs> uh, and um, we will post a link to any social medias that we have and or an email address if you have any topics that you'd like us to discuss or um, would like us to go over or anything specific that you panic over or do you just want to say hi, go ahead and do that. Those will be linked at the on the page wherever you find us. And thank you for joining us. People to Panic With is a pagan podcast released by a rotating group of hosts. If you like what you heard today, consider subscribing and follow us on Twitter at panic underscore people. For questions or suggestions for future episodes, email us at ptpwpod at gmail.com. Until next time, try not to panic.